Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. We're going to look at the gospel lesson for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, which comes to us from St. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. I am Pastor Wright. I'm Vicar Liebert. And I'm Mark Esser. You'll notice that this week we are once again joined by Mark Esser, a uh, math and social studies teacher who teaches at Concordia Preparatory School in Tawson, Maryland. Um, we went to college together, as I mentioned last week. Uh, he's a great guy, lots of good insights. He's going to uh, be asking some questions and helping us all dig a little deeper into this really quite tricky text of Jesus's. So this text is very interesting. The basic summary is we have this Canaanite woman yelling at Jesus as he is traveling in Tyre and Sidon. And the disciples want to quickly dismiss her, but she will not go away. And this is the text where Jesus calls this woman a dog, and the woman talks about receiving crumbs from the table, and she is going to Jesus to have her daughter healed. And this is just an interesting discourse on so many levels. And so I would like to just kind of jump in, and um, I like the aspect that, first of all, Jesus is just walking around with his disciples, and people see recognize. I'm very curious how infamous he is, as in the sense that um, if he's going somewhere, do the people already know Jesus is coming? And I'm always curious how they're willing to receive him. Is it Jesus the miracle worker? Jesus the new provocative teacher? Is it Jesus the troublemaker? Or is it just, you know, the whole somebody new who is challenging the status quo? Right. Well, the disciple, Jesus asked his disciples this question at a later time. Mm. Who do people say that I am? Uh, the question of how people view Jesus is actually a really important one. Mm. Absolutely. So, what happens in this text? Um, again, we have this woman yelling. What is she yelling for? Well, she cries out, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And she's she's following them. She's crying out to them. The disciples are getting annoyed. Um, and Jesus isn't answering her. Well, the disciples have work to do. They're busy people. They can't stop for a Canaanite woman. Um, that is what is interesting, that the disciples dismiss her. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did Jesus come to and for? Right. That's right? a huge part of this. Text. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is, you, as you were reading the, the text, what she calls Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't Jesus. This isn't the miracle worker. This isn't the provocative new teacher. She calls him out, and she makes a confession. Oh, Lord. Son of David. Any idea why she says Son of David and not Son of God or Son of the Living God or Messiah or uh, any other terms? Well, that's a good question. And this Son of David is a really, really packed term. So um, often Jesus would refer to himself as Son of Man. 
But there's a specific prophecy of this coming Messiah, the Messiah, who will fulfill the promise that God made to David. This son of David who will be the chosen king of Israel, the chosen king of God's people. This is a huge claim. This claim is almost as blasphemous as claiming to be God. Uh, calling someone son of David is a massive statement. And she, this non-Jewish woman, uh, makes this claim and calls him this. That's a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't think we can stress that enough. She is not of the house of Israel. She is not a Jew. Mm-hmm. And she calls this Jew, the Messiah, out and connects herself to him. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think the disciples are being good Jews in this. We don't associate with people like mm-hmm. this, especially Canaanites. Yeah. This comes up a, a few times in Jesus' ministry. Uh, you might remember the Sumerian woman mm-hmm. at the well. Yeah. Um, the centurion um, and his daughter, I believe. Yeah. Um, there are a couple instances where uh, the Jewish people encounter these non-Jews. And yes, there's some non-Jewish sentiment going on. But one of the bigger things is the Messiah is for the people of God. And who are the people of God but Israel? And so it almost doesn't make sense to them that the Messiah would even be bothering with people that aren't Israelites, that aren't Jews, because this is a promise God made to his people. Mm -hmm. Well, again, she's asking for healing for her daughter, uh, who is oppressed by demons. And Jesus' answer, when he finally answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Is he dismissing her? I think he's challenging her. Okay. I don't know if he's. I don't. I don't know if he's dismissing her. I think if he wanted to dismiss her, he would have just said, "Go away." Long before. Yeah. She's been following them for probably miles at this point. Oh yeah. I think if he wanted to get rid of her, he would have done that. That's what the disciples want, after all. I think he's challenging her. I think he's pushing her. What do you have to do with me? So these Jews who are following me, these disciples that I have, they know what they have to do with me. What do you have to do with me? That's what I. Th- that's what I think she. He's asking me at least. I, I think it was really interesting because uh, I'll agree with you uh, with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think he's challenging her faith, and in that, it's not a test. It's not. I want to see how good you are. She called him out. Yeah, and he will. Jesus will often say who he's come for, the whole world, but it's in connection to Israel and so on and so forth. And so the, this challenge to her is you're stepping into a place that culturally you don't belong. Yeah. You're making a claim to something that's bigger than just what's happening at this moment and in, in, in time, the moment in um, history, the, the connection to Israel. Uh, one of the things that uh, immediately sparks to mind is especially the Old Testament. Yeah. When God always calls for Israel to come, it's never only Israel. It is the sojourner, yeah. the travelers, the slaves, anybody and everybody who you've ever remotely come in contact with, grab them so they can hear what I have to say to you. And as time went on, uh, the Israelites were not always the best at doing that. That was always built in. Uh, to the original system. Uh, But they, as time went on, 
they more and more develop this identity as the special people of God, the chosen people. And they were, and they, they are in this, in this text and in, at the time of Jesus' coming and throughout their history, they are, but Jesus is, but God's plans never stopped with them, never ended with them. Well, and uh, to piggyback on that just a little bit, uh, our Lord continues um, after she, uh, the woman says, Lord, help me. Again, his answer is, it is not right to take the children's bread, this would be the gospel, and throw it to the dogs. And so, well, Jesus, listening to this, it sounds like Jesus is calling her a dog. And right before this, she's also kneeling before him saying, Lord, help me. And she kneels and says that. But then Jesus just goes and calls her a dog, essentially. So what's happening with that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Because in my mind's eye, just to see this, uh, again, the, this woman is crying out, have mercy, help my children, kneeling. That, that's not a, a simple, hey, Jesus, pay attention to me. Yeah. This is, I'm throwing myself at you. And he says, I can't give my gifts to the dogs. Ouch. Yeah. And what's interesting um, is the term dog. Um, in our, uh, the ESV is translated dogs. Uh, the Greek, it's a singular, it's a dog. Mm -hmm. And so he, he makes this individual. He's talking specifically about her. But it's not, you're a dog. Uh, it is this interesting, convoluted, cult, uh, cultural, time-sensitive statement that he's talking about a pet dog. And how do we treat our pets? Specifically, our pet dogs. Uh, I've seen bumper stickers. I love my fur babies, mm -hmm. um, or uh, I love my uh, grand dogs. We, we treat them as family, right? We take care of them, uh, so on and so forth. And so, when Jesus says, "You know, throw it to the dogs," he's talking about somebody who is in the household. He is talking about something that is cared for and rece receives what is a part of the house. So when he calls her a dog, he is in essence saying, you two are in the house. He doesn't call her a Jew. He doesn't call her the one he is immediately sent to. Um, but he also doesn't say that she's this wild thing which, to be dealt with. Which were things in ancient Israel. There were wild dogs and they were not viewed positively. Right. Uh, uh, a lot of times when dogs are talked about in scripture, it's in a negative way. This is a different use of the word here. These are not your feral street dogs. Like Pastor Wright is saying, these are uh, family dogs, but they don't have the same position as the children. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, she continues, this woman, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I would like to think I'm smart, but I'm not quick-witted enough oh, to man. come yeah. back with a statement like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me personally, I think I'd be floored and walk away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saddened and uh, went in despair. But she responds because she, and I, amazingly, she gets what's happening. Mm -hmm. This is where the gospel is coming from. This is where mercy is coming from. And she understands that she too can receive. 
even if it's crumbs. Our Lord talks about, you know, the, the faith the size of a mustard seed. Yeah. Okay. Even the little gospel that comes and is delivered is a big deal. And so with this, we see that she puts herself in this amazing position. She humbles herself under Christ, under the Lord, which is very contrary to how the Israelites, the Pharisees specifically, see themselves. Right. As you were saying earlier, the, the special place, look at me. I am the chosen person of God. Everything's great because God loves me. Right. Well, and they've they've missed the point and this is something paul will talk about later in his letter to the romans this is some this is something jesus spends a ton of his time on especially as we read about in matthew uh the israelites think they're special because they just are the israelites they've missed that what makes them the people of god is god's promises to them i think that is the one of the big points of this text. Going back a little bit uh, to when the woman was yelling at God, have mercy on me. She is asking God to fulfill the promise that he has made in the way he treats people who come to him. Mm -hmm. And this is a faith statement. It's not just a blanket. Right. If I say this, then God does this. In faith, she approaches Jesus and calls him out on his promises. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. She's appealing to the promises of God. In, in a certain sense, if I can use the word, she's reminding Jesus of the promises of God, uh, which is this kind of crazy thing. Uh, Moses does this too. Uh, you were telling me earlier, Pastor Wright, about how Moses comes uh, before God when God is like, look at these people who have fallen so far, who have not at all done what I uh, asked them to do. Maybe I should just start over. And Moses says, Lord, you promised. You promised that these would be your people. I mean, he, and he reminds God of his promise. Not that God has forgotten, uh, but God is always faithful to his promises. It's one of his like core characteristics, I guess you could call it. Uh, but God is very consistent in that he will always, always fulfill his promises. We do this in church. We say, Lord, have mercy on me in church. We're asking God to fulfill the promises that he has made. And we know that he will. I, I think that's a, an amazing point of, of the liturgy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Isn't a nice thing we say to God. It is our humble posture in the presence of God. And, and we need to think of it like that. Just as this woman was bold enough to not just ask Jesus, but to yell for <laughs> mercy, to yell for attention. Lord, have mercy on me. It's truly our cry. Right. And we're reminding God, you said you'd be merciful, and I am here to receive that mercy. This isn't a demand, that, and I like your statement, reminding God. It's not that he needs to be reminded. It reminds us of our relationship with God. Right. It reminds us of the treasures we have offered in him. And I think this text is also a great warning. We should not be Israel in the sense of, nope, we're the chosen people. 
everything's good. I'll just live my merry way. And God will just continue to be faithful because he's faithful, not because I'm faithful and I can do whatever I want. Right. And I don't know if the two of you have seen any of that uh, attitude around before, but I, I do feel like we sometimes encounter that where people, I guess I, I want to say just kind of forget what they have. Um, we as Lutherans have the gospel in its purity, and that's great, and that's awesome. We've been given this gift from God. Uh, we understand it uh, as well as, as we can, and we understand where we don't. Um, we come bringing true grace and true forgiveness and freedom from the law, uh, but also new life in Christ. We, we come with these things, but then what do we do with them? And sometimes we just kind of sit on our butts like Israel. Uh, but this woman who wasn't part of the Israelites, who wasn't part of uh, what was considered the chosen people of God, comes before Jesus uh, with her cries, with her quips, and holds God to his promises. And you might think that God would get mad about this, or Jesus would be upset about this, but he responds the opposite. Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Jesus does not praise people's faith often. In fact, most of the time, he's telling the, uh, his, his little nickname for the disciples is, uh, you of little faith. That's, that's his little nickname for them as a group. Uh, I can only think of like a few instances that I can count on my hands where Jesus calls people great of faith. And this woman is one of them because she gets it. Yeah, I can't think of a time when Jesus looks at an, uh, an Israelite and says, Ah, there you are, the one who gets it and understands. I think he's always calling Israel, all, yeah. all the, uh, yeah, many of the Jews, you've missed the point. Yes. Um, it's it's the Gentiles. It's those the like, people like this Canaanite woman who he... Uh, praises their faith. And it's important to remember, uh, that's what we are. Mm -hmm. uh, as I don't know about your guys' heritage, I am not uh, part of the ancient uh, nation of Israel. That is not my descendancy. Nope. At least as far as I'm aware, I haven't done the 23andMe <laughs> uh, thing. We are part of the quote-unquote dogs who have received the scraps from the table. Uh, but what a beautiful feast it is. What an amazing gift from God it is that has been given not just to Israel, uh, to ancient Israel, but to us, to the world. And now we have this treasure. We have this gift that we can carry out now. And, that we, can, and we can hold God to his promises that he's made to us and to others. Absolutely. And, and I think going back to just the, the faith aspect of this woman, uh, Jesus saying, great is your faith. We need to make sure and understand that Jesus isn't a, a wish granter. And just because this woman in faith said this, God acted this way. We see, again, the relationship. We see mercy. We see God in his uh, gracious way fulfilling his promises. Right. And this woman had no other place. And it wasn't that she went to the doctor, she went to the medicine man, she went and bought the info commercial snake oil and all this other stuff didn't work, and then tried Jesus. In faith, 
she laid out her, as you said, her, her problems, her quips, her, her complaints, but it was all commended to the care of God, yeah, Jesus, and he, in mercy, acts. Yeah, it was connected to the promise that he made and the promises that God continues to make to us. We can always hold God to those. Um, not all of our prayers will be answered, but he will always forgive us when we ask. He will always give us mercy. He will always save us. We will always be raised from the dead by faith through him. Uh, those promises that he made are solid, something we can hold on to. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know, Mark Esser, if you have any other uh, questions or thoughts, we want to thank him for joining us yes, thank you uh, for the much. past two weeks uh, to be a part of this podcast. Uh, believe it or not, it really helped Pastor Wright and I uh, to have Mark here with us. I may not have said much, but I got to learn a lot just being here with you guys as well. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, it was really our pleasure. Absolutely. With that, the promises of Jesus are given and delivered here at Holy Cross. You can join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m., which is live streamed, and 9.45. We look forward to seeing and worshiping with you. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, we would love to hear this from you. So please feel free to reach out to us. God's peace and blessings. Amen.